everybody. Welcome to the show. We're uh, very fortunate today to have uh, a guest host uh, join us from the Twitter sphere. Wardy, huge man, has joined us to uh, have a chat today. Wardy, thank you very much for joining us. Howdy. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. It's our pleasure, man. So before we get into some other stuff, I just like, you know, usually when we have somebody come on the first time, they tell us how they got into like the liberty movement and all that other good stuff and uh, liberty Twitter and anarchist Twitter and all that shit. So if you wouldn't mind, you know, for audience and us, if you wouldn't mind telling us how you did get into the movement, if you've always been like a liberty minded person or if you had an arc or anything like that. I kind of always have been in it. Um, you know, I never could stand the teachers like control freak teachers, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when I was like maybe 16, my dad in the most um, cliched way possible gave me a copy of that was shrugged. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, Ooh, maybe I'm one of these, but then um, I, you know, was, this is was the early days of the internet. So I would, read everything i could about objectivism and i learned that she hated these things called libertarians so okay well what are these assholes now read some more about them oh maybe i'm one of them um and so i found my way to the reason magazine website and for years i would ship post on there under the name warty um and what is it I, i don't know if you guys if you guys ever went there for a few years back in the day i was actually a really fun place um, but then it became hell on earth, so I abandoned it. And so I've been shit posting on Twitter out of amusement for I don't know, a couple of years now. You're doing a fine <laughs> job at it, by the way. I enjoy the hell out of it. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, that's about it. How did now Atlas shrugged at 16? That's a heavy fucking duty book at that age. I guess. I'm trying I mean, to think um, how much of it I actually grasped. Probably, probably a fair bit. Well, that's a, that's impressive, actually. At 16, like I couldn't get my 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 right, kid eight, eight now. He he wouldn't fucking read Animal Farm. That's, that's a short pretty, ass fucking read. That's pretty. Easy. I was gonna say Atlas shrugs some pretty dense literature. <laughs> yeah, even uh, Michael Malice has told people don't to, if you're gonna get into Rand, don't start with Atlas Shrug. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fountainheads first. Yes, that's absolutely correct. My dad did it all wrong. That's okay. Hey, look, dads do the um, best they can. I probably came from a long line of people who hate the fucking government. Like my dad, I remember he, I remember finding a copy of um, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Barry Goldwater's book in in his stuff. So he had read that when he was a kid, and I remember his granddad, who did a lot to raise him. Um, he was like made fun of, and he was a farmer, and like the neighbors would make fun of him because he was outspoken FDR hater, which I'm very proud of. That's outstanding. <laughs> That's excellent work. <laughs> this guy also, um, so in Western Pennsylvania, back in those days, you drill oil wells. There's oil wells all over the place. And one of the things that you need to do with oil wells periodically is throw down a quarter stick of dynamite to clear it out. Okay. So my dad has fond childhood memories of blowing shit up with his granddad. <laughs> back, back when this was That's a better great. country. <laughs> That's excellent. Those are good <laughs> memories. Uh, Western PA, you said? Yep. Is that where you're still at? Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, cool. That's not that's actually quite, not that far away from where we're at. Um, have you been dealing with the snow all right? I mean, people from Pittsburgh can handle that shit. You know, I mean, no offense to our listeners in Texas, but it was an absolute shit show down there. Yeah, yeah it wasn't actually that bad of a winter till it was a fucking nightmare the last couple of weeks, but that's all melted. So, excellent. Right now. Thankfully. 
So I wanted to ask you something. So today, um, Wart, Warty and I uh, were, um, well, he, he was there first and then I jumped in later. There has been an absolute shit show. This professor uh, who um, decided to take on the uh, 3D printed gun community. Uh, you know, a mutual of ours, Ivan Alnohandi, the most uh, famous, uh, Ivan, Ivan the Troll, the legend, uh, the fucking rock star of the community, decided to take on this community. And it he actually posted after he got ratioed like 300 and something to like, I don't know, 16. He actually posted a post script. I'm like, oh, my last tweet got ratioed because, you know. I thought that, you know, there were decent people or some other fucking. No, there are no decent people. (laughs) That's where he made that mistake. It was was beautiful. Like every single person that pipes up, Justin Trudeau, he he piped up. And then there was some other attorney general from New York that was bitching about scary ghost guns. And uh, (laughs) every single time it happens, it's an unmitigated disaster for that person putting out the tweet. And uh, I, I, how did you come across? Have you, have you uh, been, uh, do you 3D print or are you aspiring to do so? Do you think it's one of the, I, uh, that everybody should have one? I bought the Creality 3 and I set it up, but I haven't done anything with it yet. But I'm planning to make D&D minifigurines. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Make dildos and D&D. I didn't think of that one. We can make used guys cocks. No, the the <laughs> anal the anal beads. Remember a while back we were talking about possibly right? yeah, anal we were beads or get some branded anal beads. I, I don't remember. I would yeah. lo- that that would be great. We call them angels used guys beads. Oh, I don't want it named after me. Just Tough used shit. guys. Oh, yeah, too bad. <laughs> okay. Um. So you got something to tell us about? Um. Now, for every anybody who's been living under a rock for the past, I don't know, ten years. There's this um, young lady who I believe is um, she's is she mentally handicapped or she has a learning disability or something like that. Um, something cognitive going on with her uh, big environmentalist. And she like rode a boat all over the place. OK, I'm not picking on her because of her mental disability. That's definitely I'm picking on her because she's an asshole. Um, and the left paraded her out to tell me to drive an electric car. Um, I, I'm, I'm not impressed. But you have something to tell us. We have an update on that situation. Yeah, we've we've. Um... She's all used up, and we got a new one. I can't wait to hear about this new one. <laughs> all right, so there's this. Uh, you want me to read the story? Oh, absolutely. All right, so on the BBC, I see President Joe Biden asks Anna Hersey, 14, for climate advice. 14 years old. <laughs> well, it's prime age. It's, it's <laughs> she's still, she's still got adrenochrome <laughs> there it is I was, I was gonna say i wonder if he also asked if he could sniff her hair <laughs> one of wales's most talented young sports stars has been advising the new u.s president on halting climate change joe biden emailed anna hersey 14 from cardiff who is a united nations champion for climate change in sport blah 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 blah, blah. and she's i mean you can go on and read it but it's it's amazing um quotes from her his new, climate, his new agenda for climate change is bold. To achieve zero emissions in America by 2050 is incredible. So he's doing a lot already. Um, there are some really simple things we can do. Cycling instead of using a car, using less plastic, she said. So it's like, okay, great. But we already do those things. We already use less plastic, right? Don't we already do all of those things? But she's from Wales, right? 
which Wales, is, yeah. How the fuck did she get? How is she getting over here? If that bitch doesn't paddle her ass across the Atlantic, right. I, we should feed her to the fucking sharks. Like, bitch, you better be in a rowboat. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see one fucking onboard motor on that son of a bitch at all. And everything <laughs> better be made out of fucking wood. If there's one piece of polymer on that boat, we're sending the pirates to fucking sink her ass. That's it. I'm, I'm calling the Somali pirates tomorrow. And they're going to ride over there and put her ass to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> That's bullshit. Did you see John Kerry flew on a private jet to accept some fucking climate award or something like that? No. And he literally looked at people like, well, yeah, this is how I get around. Like, how fucking dare you? Like, it didn't even occur to him that he was being a hypocrite. It was like, well, no, you see, I'm part of the upper class and you are the proles. Now you ride the fucking train. I fly the plane. That's how that works. You know? <laughs> He's an asshole. God. Okay, so we got a new one. Greta has been thrown on the ash heap of communist history. We have moved on to another watermelon, green on the outside, red in the middle. It's, uh, it's well, I guess the fun never ends with this group. Well, I got something good for you guys. I got something good. So on the last show that we had, we were talking about um, um, Fredo Corleone's older brother, which would be Andrew Cuomo, the, the governor, whose father was a three-term governor, and they were, the whole family's a pack of assholes, all of them. Um, <laughs> Fredo, especially. The Do you know that guy gets paid $6 million a year to do that stupid fucking show on CNN? That just goes to show you that people without brains can achieve in this country. I think that's, it's wonderful. That's not why he's being paid $6 million. This is a, Well, this, this is true. <laughs> I'm trying to be kind here, Warty. <laughs> he's this is uh what do you call it um not patronage i don't know they're buying services oh yeah yeah and in this case running cover uh but yeah. this was interesting so uh fredo's own website or the company that he works for uh cnn actually had to put this up so uh governor andrew cuomo has been pleading with lawmakers for support and even threatening political retribution against fellow democrats who have criticized him in an aggressive effort to contain political fallout from rele uh, revelations that his administration had concealed the full extent of nursing home related deaths during the covid pandemic describing an alleged exchange with the governor that has not previously been reported democratic assemblyman ron kim told cnn that he had received a phone call on his cell phone from the governor last week as he was bathing his children at home. Quote, Governor Fredo Cuomo, or his older brother, excuse me, called me directly on Thursday to threaten my career if I, did, if I did not cover up for Melissa DeRosa and what she said. He tried to pressure me to issue a statement, and I, it was very traumatizing. It was a very traumatizing experience, excuse me, end quote, Kim said. Cuomo proceeded to tell the assemblymen that, quote, we are in the business, we are in this business together and we don't cross certain lines. And he said, I hadn't seen his wrath and that he can destroy me, according to Kim. Now, that could be taken sexually or that could be taken career wise. He chose the career path. Cuomo's advisor denied that the governor threatened to destroy Kim's ass or his career. <laughs> DeRosa is a top uh, aide to the governor who came under fire last week after she told state lawmakers in a private virtual meeting that the state had delayed sharing with the legislature the full scope of the COVID related death toll of New York's nursing home residents because of concerns about potential federal investigation by the Department of Justice. Trust me, they won't find anything. So we covered this last week. They covered up, they, they essentially, they, they didn't cook the books. They just didn't release information that uh, led to, I think it was over a thousand percent increase in COVID-related deaths 
at nursing homes in, uh, well, specifically there was one in Queens that we were looking at. So that's what uh, uh, we're, we're referring to in this one from last week. And here's a new one. Now, uh, Mr. Cuomo, who is not a very good looking man, and I'm not a great judge of that because I'm not a gay fella, but I can recognize when a man is decent looking. He kind of looks like a frog, like a toad. Um, he denies former aide sexual harassment allegations. So, you know, Fredo's older brother was getting a little bit uh, itchy in his pantalones. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was denying allegations from a former aide who accused him of sexual harassment, including an unwanted kiss in a medium post on Wednesday. Lindsay Boylan alleged that in 2018, the Democratic governor kissed her on the lips following a one-on-one briefing in his office in New York City. As I got up to leave and walked towards an open door, he stepped in front of me and kissed me on the lips, Boylan wrote, describing the encounter. I was in shock, but I kept walking. Boylan first accused the governor of sexual harassment in a Twitter thread in December. You know, instead of just walking out, she should have kneed him in the balls. That would have been the choice move to do. I mean, nowadays, you want to talk about empowering women, any of these guys that put their hands on you, put their balls into the back of their throat. I mean, I'm tr- trust me, you get one nut and it'll disable them. You get both of them, he might die. I mean, anybody or, or who- at least throw up and shit his pants. And <laughs> shit his pants. So let me add, let me put it out to the group. We'll start with you, Wardy, since you're a guest of ours. This man uh, had presidential aspirations not too long ago. In fact, during this uh, the beginning of this uh, ridiculous pandemic. He had high approval ratings and people thought that he could run for president at some point in time. Do you think that his chances have uh, drastically decreased or do you think uh, Mr. Cuomo will be around for uh, the the long haul? I think Kamala is doing everything she can to make sure he's not. I think that that's a fair assessment. Um, The Cuomo's have always been aligned with the Clintons, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess Kamala is not, although I don't know. She'd certainly... Yeah, I don't know. She must hate them or she must just be making sure nobody opposes her in 2024. I guess that makes more sense. Yeah, I think you're right. What about you, Christopher? Do you think that he's fucked or do you think that uh, he's the Teflon Italian of New of New York State where it's not going to stick to him? I don't I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it could I guess it could really it could go either way. It just depends because. A lot of the, a lot of the folks on the left have a tendency to like never be able to see themselves as the bad guy as it is anyways. True. Um, so they can sweep it under the rug, but I don't know if it keeps going on like it, I, I, especially the sexual harassment thing like that. If it sticks, that that might foil his chances. Well, the story can be made to not stick. If they- true, true. It's very true. That's what I'm saying. Like if it right. if it sticks. But like I said, they have a tendency to, you know, sweep shit under the rug if need be. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it, if it sticks, it could affect them. If. I think I think he's fine to go back into the running, um, you know, because you had Hillary Clinton and she was a, a fucking terrible, like a hot mess and everybody wanted her to win. And like she, you know, stole the primary from Bernie and there was all that, you know. And everybody loved Bernie, like the younger, you know, Democratic voting, you know, individuals, they they loved Bernie Mm -hmm. and everybody still was like, I'm with her. You know what I mean? So I think this is like small potatoes compared to like the rest of the shit that everybody else has done. I think he'll be fine, in my opinion. I think that young lady better be careful. They'll find her fucking wearing cement shoes at the bottom of the Hudson River if she's right. I was going to say that's a distinct possibility. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for real cement booties for you. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah. And she doesn't have an Italian last name. So, I mean, they can't even claim like, you know, 
old school rules where they have to get the committee together and vote on it. She's not one of them guys. Okay. She's not one of you guys. She's one of yeah. them guys rather. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I think that, you know, someone like him, I think that uh, Wardy's got a great point. I think that like Kamala, it's, it, it's going to be the uh, reboot of the coronation only instead of uh, Mrs. Clinton, who is responsible for the death of Seth Rich, um, who was murdered on the streets of Washington, D.C., and was called a, uh, a robbery, even though his car keys and wallet and no cash or credit cards were removed from his body. But he's the one who broke the story about the fix. She's a murderer. Anyway, that's besides the point. I think that it's geared up towards Kamala because she's the twofer, right? She's, uh, she has a minority status, and she's female, and right. she's a liberal. So, it's I mean, it's a boxes. hat trick. Yeah, I mean, she really, she really, uh, she really hits the hat trick. So, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't. The only hope that I have, and it's not because like I, we don't vote, we don't give a fuck, right? Like this is this is political theater from all of us for most part. But when it comes to the deaths, the COVID deaths that happened in New York, this is much more of an ethical thing. I don't care about the guy's career. I care about the fact that that motherfucker allowed people to go back into. Like uh, what were you saying, Chris? It was the most um, I, I guess the, the 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 portion of the population most susceptible to be getting to getting sick. Um, right. And they just signed they signed all their death warrants and forced nursing homes to take back you know, yeah, COVID patient. positive patients. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then they lied about the numbers. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, at least it's an accessory to murder, if not murder. You know what I mean? Right. But again. If it's in a different if it's a different politician from not, you know, from one, not one of these political families, maybe we would have a chance of seeing a modicum of justice. But um, in his case, I yeah, I think that he's Teflon. I don't think because I think by this point, something should have happened. You know what I mean, guys? I really think that something should have happened by now. As soon as it broke that you were covering it up, something should have happened. But the legacy media will run interference for you. And of course, right. the political machine is going to protect you. Uh, because once again, he's got stripes and uh, and you don't and your grandmother doesn't have them and she's in a funeral home someplace. So um, it's a terrible situation. I uh, and go, moving on to another terrible situation. I have a go ahead. My prediction is he will suffer more consequences from the sexual harassment charge than murdering a bunch of old people. Mm -hmm. You really think so? Oh, yes. Oh, man, that's that for sure. More, more for sure. I, I feel like that whole nursing home scandal was barely like a blip on the media's radar. Like we heard about it for a day and then haven't heard jack shit about it. So, yeah. I mean, we, we all knew about this nine months ago. Nobody gave right. It. Right. I was saying, we've been, we've been saying this for months, yeah. but that's real. that, you know what? That's a great point we have. And remember it was a conspiracy theory, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a conspiracy theory. And now it's oh, but yeah, it happened. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... yeah. So what, what are you going to do about it? These guys, come on. Um, <laughs> moving on to something that's uh, rather serious we were having a chat before the show started and we did make a joke about the communist chinese killing 60 million human beings in the last century during the great leap forward and cultural revolution um and uh if anybody's not familiar with the uyghurs now this is a story that's been circulating for quite some time it's almost like a north korea situation where they approach north korea and say hey you have um concentration camps and we'd like to see those people get out and the North Koreans say, well, we don't call them that. So we don't have them. Mm -hmm. Well, essentially these are, they're calling them re-education camps and that it's not even a joke. It's not something off of Chris G's shirt that he's wearing today. It's not like we're, we're being very serious. <laughs> re we all have them. We're ready. We're, we're packed and ready to go to the gulag this summer. It's going to be a wild time. Don't forget your sunscreen. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, no, there's a very serious situation where I think it's up to two million Uyghurs are, and these are they call the Uyghurs call this part of the country, which is I believe Xinjiang province in the far west of China. They call it East Turkestan, I believe. That's because they're a Turkic people and they're Muslim. Well, the Chinese are not having an ounce of that, okay, uh, because they don't conform to the, uh, the Central Committee of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. So they're actually throwing people in labor camps and re-education camps. And there's some really horrific stories that are coming out of the, um, in fact, this is uh, from a periodical close to where, uh, to uh, Wardy's from, uh, the, the title says, they kill us here, survivor of Uyghur concentration camp recounts torture. Uh, this uh, person asked, uh, I asked why I was in prison. I asked why I was tortured. Um, the, this person's name is Tursun, shared her story during a virtual event hosted by Pitt Center for Governance and Markets in Russian, Eastern European and Eurasian Studies as well as the Islamic Center of Pittsburgh and the Congregation of Beth Shalom. The organizations held the event to raise awareness about the ongoing genocide of the Uyghur Muslims in China. The Chinese government has detained at minimum 800,000 and possibly more than 2 million Uyghurs in re-education centers, marking the largest mass internment of an ethnic religious minority group since World War II, according to The Guardian. In the camps, Uyghurs are forced to undergo psychological indoctrination programs as well as physical torture, including waterboarding and sexual abuse. Uh, Tursun was born in East Turkestan, also known as Xinjiang, in 1989. She studied in a Chinese school before moving to Egypt, where she married and gave birth to triplets. This is one of the very few uh, times in your life where you could say the moving to Egypt is an upgrade. No <laughs> offense. But, you know, if you're from <laughs> Western China, moving to Egypt is the better choice. I mean, you could always move from Egypt to somewhere else, but it's a better choice. Um, it says that Tursun said she returned back to China so her parents could meet her children. But when she arrived at the airport, she said that the Chinese police separated her from her children, handcuffed her and put her put a black sack over her head and questioned her for three hours before taking her to prison. I didn't know what was happening to my kids. She said they were only 45 days old. They needed to be fed. My kids need me. She said that she was then notified that her children were in a hospital a few days after being taken to a camp. When she arrived at the hospital, she said a doctor told her that all three children had an operation on their necks, but prevented her from, that prevented her from seeing them. You cannot see them, they told me. I was blacklisted and just came from prison. I am not important. Uh, Tursun said that the police gave her the dead body of her oldest son the next day. She believes that uh, he was dead for at least three days before she was released from the camp to visit the hospital. She then added that she was immediately detained by the police and taken to a camp for the second time. This time she was questioned by the police. Tortured, subjected to electric shock, and physically abused for three Jesus days. Jesus Christ. Uh, while being tortured, I muttered, oh, Allah, uh, accidentally, which means help me, God. Tursun said, they told me the Chinese Communist Party had more power than Allah. They told me that Allah could not save me. Well, well that's kind of true. They're not lying. Uh, Tursun also talked about the everyday in, uh, incidences of the camp. She remembered uh, a white pill she was forced to take every two hours that made her feel numb. The Chinese police only allowed her to drink water after she took the pill. She also recounted the room where she slept with 68 other women. She said it was so small. Women had to take turns sleeping. Tursun said her feet were tied and her hands were handcuffed to her feet while she slept, which affects her today. Even now, my wrists and feet are in pain. She cannot sleep normally, and she feels that she might die at night. She said she witnessed death and torture that was not uncommon, according to Tursun. In the three months she was in camp, she saw nine women die. Uh, she said she met one woman who was in prison for 19 months. They didn't let her go out to see the sun once, and they didn't let her shower for over a year. 
This is not a detention camp. They kill us here. Um, with that being said, what, when Joe Biden stands up and he's questioned on this, which is a legitimate question, and says that these are Chinese norms, we made a joke because we're like, yeah, I guess they really are because killing people really isn't that much of a problem for the Chinese Communist Party. How is that a norm, though? Like, that doesn't seem normal. It isn't normal. It's 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 a war crime. I mean, I mean, we we figured this out at Nuremberg. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we figured this out at Nuremberg that you're not. This is no bueno. You can't do this to people. But what possibly can we do about it? And I mean, we as people, as human beings, I'm not talking about the state. The state has power to do something about it, but it's not going to fuck with the preferred trading status of China. It's not going to fuck with the economy because then, you know, most of our medicine comes from China, right? You know, they manufacture most of the pills that people take, so they're not going to fuck with them there. So what do we do about this? You raise awareness, but two up to two million people are enslaved in Western China. And nobody, I guess, you know, and Joe Biden, uh, the corpse, who is uh, one jar of embalming fluid away from being buried, uh, basically says it's a norm. It's a norm. So I don't even know where to go with that. Like, I really that, that should I mean, that should bother everybody hearing shit like that. Like they're, they're raping women and they're taking people's kids away from them. I mean, it, if it doesn't, you know, give you images of people getting offloaded to a camp someplace in fucking Poland in the middle of 1944. I don't know what to tell you. It makes me really sad that her kid's dead. Like, that's that's fucking awful, dude. Like, that whole story is terrible and I hate it. Well, nobody else likes it either, Angel. I can assure you that. Um, it's terrible, and I hate it. <laughs> uh, you ever read the Gulag Archipelago? No, I, I refuse to read it because of that. I can't read it. Like, I'll cry. I ruined it. I ruined it for her because I kept telling her, oh, you got to hear about what they did to people. And she's like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. Um, <laughs> remember the, tor- the chapter on torture? Yeah, vaguely I do. Yeah, yeah. That just reminded me of that. I mean, Nothing is ever new, you know. No, it isn't ever new. And uh, there's a couple of other books that I, well, there's one book, it's called Journey Through the Whirlwind. Uh, It was a female who did not renounce Stalin after she was released from a far eastern Siberian work camp that uh, she refused to, do you you know what I'm talking about? You've heard of this book Um, before? I haven't heard of this book, but I remember Solzhenitsyn talking about how the prisoners who had it the worst were the true believing communists. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And this was, and she was one of them. And the things that they did to these people. Now, Schultz and Nietzsche does a great job of talking about how they wouldn't execute you, but they would kill you by working you to death, mm-hmm. because they would get these unrealistic quotas for like um, for people who were working like you know to um, deforest, like doing timber work, yeah. that it would be literally impossible for you to fulfill your quota for getting so many cords of wood cut. And it was, I don't know, of course, it was so cold outside, but they would sweat. And while they're killing themselves to cut all of this wood, what happens when you stop moving that fast and you're sweating in the middle of Siberia? You get hypothermia and you freeze to death. So it was very easy. None of the camps in Siberia had fucking barbed wire around them because they figured, hey, go ahead, go ahead, leave. What, what, what are you going to do? man? You're Good luck walk. out there on the frozen tundra, right. boys. <laughs> um, I know Angel doesn't want to read it, but it's on one of our it's um, it's uh, a suggested reading on our website because it's such a monumental testament to how terrible things can get and often overlooked because 
We've talked about this on the show before, why the Soviet Union gets a pass on a regular basis by the majority of not only academia, but maybe the media as well, because we talked about the Holodomor. We talked about the 7 million Ukrainians that were starved to death. In fact, I'm in the middle of the book, um, Red Famine by Annie Applebaum. Uh, that I just went through the chapter where she describes the process of emaciation and starvation in human beings, how their bodies change, you know, to the point where people go blind because they're so hungry that, you know, they, they're, uh, that your body moves resources to keep the vital organs alive. So you don't, you're not able to see anymore. And how people couldn't get up off of the ground that people were stepping over corpses in like Odessa and Kiev because people would just drop dead. They would they would try to beg for food and they would just die on the spot. Um, and another one that I uh, this one's fucked up. I, I don't know if you've heard about this one, Wardy. They would bury people alive. And the no wait this. This is horrible. This is from the book the the person would say, I'm not dead. And the the crew would say what so we have to come back tomorrow when you die and they would bury you a fucking live well that's a good line oh jesus christ it's i mean that shit is awful on and then a lot of these a lot of the people that were burying the 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 burial crews if you were still alive enough they would move you to the door of your of your house so that they didn't have to go too far in to collect you the next time they came around in, in the Soviet Far East, there's a road, and it's the only road in Magadan province or something, and the locals call it the Road of Bones. And it's called that because it was built by gulag forced laborers to get to go from like the gold mines to the port. And uh, Kolyma province, not Magadan, I think Magadan's a city. Anyway, so all these people would die, and we're building this road, and what you want is to build separate graves in the permafrost area, and fuck them, but put them under the road. So the road is literally built on bones. That's crazy. You, could, you couldn't you couldn't make this shit up. No. Right? No. If you're writing a book about hell, you couldn't write that. You wouldn't think of that deep. Right, right. No, you're yeah. absolutely right. That's the part that always fucks with my head when I read about this. Yeah. You, yeah, you're not kidding. And uh it, it, yeah, the Kolima, yeah. Were, was that a gold mine or a nickel mine? I can't remember I which one it was. Gold was the big thing in uh in Kolima. Okay. <laughs> I was reading a while ago about, um, fell down a Wikipedia rabbit hole, and I was reading about like computer pioneers. And I found this guy named Kravchuk, and he was a he's a Ukrainian mathematician. He wrote these, he, he came up with these things called Kravchuk polynomials, which I forget how, but they were important in the in the computer in the you know in the thirties and the early development of computers. And then it just mentions like, oh, he died young, <laughs> and I look up like, no, no, he died in a fucking gold mine in Kolyma. Jesus Christ. Foreign correspondence with, uh, with other mathematicians. Oh, my so God. It's, I, I read a lot of this shit, and I was going to say I like to read. I don't like to read, but I don't know. I dwell on it. Like, part of me likes, likes to know how bad it can get, you know? And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And but- why I am more well-armed than makes any real sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't blame you at all, but you know, I think the reason why I like to read about it is because I know, I don't know if, I think I'm the oldest one in the group, I'm 40, and I remember going through school that none of these things were discussed, like for example, the, the Holodomor was never discussed, you know, yeah. uh, we, we were allies of the Soviet Union during the Second World War, 
We never heard about the Chinese cultural revolution and the great leap forward. We never heard any of that stuff. And I felt like, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people maybe would have felt differently, at least I'm not calling liberals communists. I mean, technically when, you know, they, they, I guess they're well-meaning. I don't think that they want, most of them don't want gulags and shit like that. But I think it's important to know that there are people right now who, who hail, like, for example, Stalin has a positive uh, polling uh, position in Russia yeah. that he did a good job. And this man is responsible for a conservative estimate of around 20 million deaths, which puts him ahead of Hitler uh, in the uh, running of the uh, most uh, uh, biggest mass murder of the 20th century. Uh, Mao being first place, of course, because he has 60 million corpses underneath his belt. And that number and Stalin was right when he said, you know, one death is a tragedy. A million is a statistic because I just said 60 million human beings in China. What does that even fucking mean? You know what I mean? It's it's beyond my ability to fathom what that even looks and smells like. You know what I mean? There's this great book by Martin Amos called. uh... Kobo the Dread. Kobo was a nickname of Stalin. And the book is partly it's a begin, you know, good introduction to beginners of how bad the Soviet Union was to be in. But then it's also him musing about why is it that leftists excuse the crimes of communism? And it's a short little book, maybe 200 book, 200 pages. I hardly recommend it. It's a, I will definitely have to check that out. Uh, I, I definitely want to read that. I, yeah, I, it's always been a mystery to me. And like I said, even if you're coming from a, a left leaning position or if you're a hard leftist, let's say, like, I mean, there's even even Trotskyists don't like Stalin. You know what I mean? And Trotsky wasn't a nice guy. You could look up his quotes and all the terrible things he said. But, you know, the guy was, you know, not nearly as evil. I mean, and th- that, again, there's a scale of evil, I guess you could say. Like, I put Hillary Clinton on the scale, but she's definitely not at a Stalin level. I mean, I still don't like the bitch, but, I, but, you know, she's definitely not that level. But it always did perplex me as to why modern academia and people will make either excuses or not refuse to acknowledge these tragic uh these tragic deaths these death tolls that were you know i highly recommend that book it's called red famine and i like i told i was telling angel about it yesterday and uh it's definitely not a book for her she's definitely not going to be able to read that you know like there's only so much terribleness that like you know i can consume and like i have to like work my way into it so i would only I, it would take me forever to read that book and then i would cry you know and i'd like I don't. I take I don't it you cry. probably didn't watch that one documentary either. That what was it, Jay? The the Soviet story. Soviet story. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That that was pretty rough. No, like I'll cry, like you know, if I see like you know images and stuff like that. And I've I've watched like a few documentaries in regards to some of these uh, ex, um, I guess, Russian soldiers who would what were they KGB? I think maybe or. or I don't know what they were doing, but um, part of the Red Army and then they would take people in and, you know, torture them and just, you know, do all sorts of shit. And like this old guy was like, you know, he was weeping and he felt so terrible for doing those things. He was like, but if I didn't do it, then I would die and I needed to be stay alive to help my family and protect my family. And like he's like, you know, weeping and like rocking back and forth. And you can see how like it really messed with him and like. I just, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Can't, can't take any more for it for today. <laughs> Very, I don't know. I get sad and I don't like to be sad. So. Yep. 
No, yeah. it, I, I, I empathize completely. I was, uh, I was telling uh, Angel yesterday because I, I couldn't hold, I had to tell somebody, I'm going to have to call Christopher more often and be like, hey, listen, you're going to have to listen to these morbid things because Angel gets really bothered. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I hit her up first and I was telling her about um, the, um, there was an entire colony of can- cannibals in the archipelago in the Soviet Union because they were all Ukrainians who had taken their children and eaten them because, and one of the women was quoted as saying, I can always have more children, but I need to keep my husband alive. So she killed her 12 year old and ate it and ate the child. Uh, they were also digging up. Uh, for, first of all, there were no dogs. It's kind of like North Korea. There's no stray fucking dogs or cats. Every, those were the first to go. Um, and it got so sadistic, you guys, that they these um, uh, these guys that were hired by the it's called the OGPU. I guess they I, I would call them the NKVD. They were a little bit different they would at night they would watch the chimneys to see if smoke was coming out and if smoke was coming out they knew that you were fucking cooking something and they would show up and in the book they they're quoted as saying how is it possible that you have food because they already took it away from you once so they 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 took the food away from them again they would um their orphanages were like over like a 200% capacity because people would turn in their kids and pretend not to know them and saying, I found this child because that was the only way that maybe their kids would survive. The famine is by being taken into the, being taken into an orphanage. It is absolutely wild shit. I highly recommend uh, uh, reading the book. I'm doing the audio book right now. It's narrated really well. Uh, it's, like I, I'm kind of like you, Wardy. I like to know how deep that the, the rabbit hole can go on the scale of depravity because it's not that you. What would I do? Well, I would die. Obviously, that, that's what most most everybody does. Like there's, and you know, when you wonder like, well, why didn't they fight back? How can you fight back when you're hungry? When you're literally starving to death and withering away, and your kids are dying in front of you, you're gonna do whatever the fuck they tell you at that point in time if it means not only your survival but your children's survival but um they were going into cemeteries in ukraine and digging up bodies and eating dead people Mm -hmm. that's how bad this shit got christopher saw some of this in the soviet story which you can find on youtube and it's the stuff of nightmares it is absolutely the stuff of nightmares and it's i think that we would have seen more of that if nazi germany was around a little bit longer because, I mean, this is also a success rate because the Soviet Union survived, you know, they survived the, the Russian Civil War. Then they survived the Machnoist uprisings that happened in Ukraine with the anarchist army that was down there. They ran them out. They were able to survive a lot of things, including expeditionary forces from Japan, Britain and the United States that invaded, technically invaded the Soviet Union on the on behalf of the white forces, you know, the um, the monarchist forces uh, of, of Russia. So they survived a lot of these um, a lot of these incursions not only into their sovereignty, but into their very existence. So I'm wondering if Nazi Germany, instead of 12 years, and they had the same amount of time the Soviet Union did, which is a little over 70, what the death toll would have been then. Because obviously you would have run out of Jewish folks. So, I mean, who are you going to kill next? Well, I mean, you're just going to go down the list. But I think it's important to read these things because this is the deprivation of the state at its worst. Yes. And we we all have states. They still exist. Now, of course, there's a scale on how bad they can be. Right. Like you have the Soviet Union, you have communist China. And then somewhere in between those are everybody else on that scale. 
but they're all capable and all have the uh, the infrastructure to commit these acts one uh, again at any point in time. And we should always have our knuckles up. And by reading this material, at least keeps you more aware. But also, I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I read that, it, it yeah, it does build my disdain for communism. But my, it builds my disdain for authority, authoritarianism, but authority specifically, the people who have the power to make that happen to individuals. And I don't know if that does that for you, because, I mean, obviously you grew up as an anti-government kind of guy, but I, it definitely it fosters my my deep disdain for uh, our villain, which is the state. Yeah, absolutely. Um it's the uh, it's the limit case. Um, every state is a little bit like that, whether we like to admit it or not. I mean, you read about a fucking prison in the United States, right? It's a fucking yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not, not a fucking at, picnic. No, yeah. we're not at fucking gulag archipelago levels of nightmare, but that's not. Let's not pat ourselves in the back too much for being <laughs> right. You're still likely to get shanked and or raped. So <laughs> same fucking day. <laughs> right, right. Also, how many at its height, how many Russians were in the gulag? I don't know the answer to this question. Maybe five million or yeah, I don't know. How about ten million? How many prisoners are in the United States right now? Oh Two? Jesus. How many, how many people in, in the U.S. have been through the prison system? That's I was going to say, we, doesn't the United States have, like, more people in prison per capita than, like, any other I think other it's, like, more the than the rest of the world combined. Well, yeah. Maybe yeah. Not China it's... now, since they, they're liquidating their problem. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They're like, what Uyghurs? What are you talking about? <laughs> I just don't know how places like that are allowed to, like, exist anymore. You know, I I always just wonder that, like, throughout time like why why haven't these places and these uh government agencies and institutions or whatever you want to call them fucked up people in charge of you know these various continents how come they're they're still doing things like that like it's like just fucking shoot them all in the back of the head like what's the point at this point you know what i mean like i don't get it i i humanization demoralization fear uh, you know, a warning to anybody else that might step out of line. It's, you know, just a method of control and, and the manner in which they exert it. And so, labor. Don't you think shooting yeah. them in the yeah, back free of the labor too. would also accomplish that? Yeah, it would, but at the same time. It would. Yeah, they wouldn't get the free labor. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's just it. They, they get the free labor uh, and they get to send a message. Uh, and no one's willing to stop them because how much – you know goods does china supply not just to us but the rest of the fucking world like it's bogus but yeah they're not gonna fucking no one's gonna stop no they're not and to answer the question as of 2016 2.3 million people were incarcerated in the united states at a rate of 698 per 100,000 people which is the highest in the world um it had in 2008, the United States had around 24.7% of the world's 9.8 million prisoners. So the land of the free. Only a quarter. Yeah, only a quarter. <laughs> that, that's all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, in China, they can get away with it because you said you just liquidate the prisoner. Like, prisoner, what prisoner? <laughs> like, we don't have them, you know, because they're, you know, you're breathing them right now. 
but yeah. yeah, it's it's absurd, and that that goes back to, of course. Now that's almost it's draconian because of how those people got there, and a lot of them are probably nonviolent offenders that were scooped up because of drug laws. Like for example, a lot of the September 11 stuff that was passed, you know, in a knee jerk reaction uh, or was prepared ahead of time. However we want to, you know, how, whatever story you want to believe the shoe kind of fits both. Uh, They're using uh, anti-terrorist laws to prosecute the drug war. In fact, that's what most of the September 11th laws are being used for is to um, execute uh, actions against uh, or in, in during the drug war, excuse me, to to prosecute the drug war. So I find it very interesting. And that's why we'll never see, well, not never, I don't want to say never, but it's going to be hard to see a legalization of a majority of narcotics that people use, uh, even up to the, you know, whether it be heroin or cocaine or whatever, I, I really don't give a shit. You do you, I don't care. But they're never going to see that because I think that there is a free labor uh, issue with this. And wasn't Kamala Harris the one, who kept people like would refuse to hear cases of individuals or allow that to come out because uh, like for people that were innocent, that were, that were put in, put in jail for no fucking re- like they were, they got it wrong. They, she kept them in there because of the free labor. Is that, is that true, Christopher? Uh, last I heard. Yeah. Okay. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Kamala, the cop. Didn't they want to defund the police? Right. They, they have no consistency in their fucking messaging. That's what kills me. <laughs> like the irony of it, man. Like, like, B, like, like BLM and defund the police. And who do we have as president and vice president? Joe Biden, author of the 94 crime bill and Kamala Harris, who locked up parents for having truant children and kept innocent people in jail for free labor. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> you know, I'm really crazy. Good job, guys. About, like all of the communist shit is like the North Korea like the clapping, like where they just keep clapping and yeah, clapping. Yeah, you better not be the last, the first one to stop. Like, you better not. Yeah, it yeah. is so disturbing to watch that. I'm like, what? That's a Stalinist thing. No, I know. I get it. But it's like, I mean, I would, if I was a dictator, I'd be annoyed after a while with all the clapping. I'd be like, can we just get down to like dictating business? You know what I mean? Like, why are we still clapping for me? You know, like, let's let's move well, on. Then you could use that to fuck with them. And then you start killing the person who clapped the longest. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and then none yeah. of them know what to do. Yeah, like, do, like, we, do we stop what? early? Do we keep going? I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird. It is weird. And then, you know, remember I saw the image of Kim Jong on going, no, no, no. No, please sit down. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're not sitting down. We're going to keep clapping. <laughs> you know, like he's the boss. He could stay be like, all right, God damn it. I'm serious. You people fucking sit down. I'm tired of hearing this. Do they he do that like, in China too or no? I-, I have no idea if they do that. Probably in China. not. I have no idea. It's just weird. It is weird. I'm sure that Paul B from B town is going to have a lot to say about this because he knows a lot about communist China. Mm-hmm. So he, he, this one's for you, Paul. Uh, you, you go ahead and let me know. He's going to text me. I'd be like, hey, I listen to this, and he's going to hit me with all these facts. So, Paul B., that's your homework assignment. Do they clap like they do? In, in, did, this, did the Chinese communists, uh, are they forced to clap the way the North Koreans are when the chairman comes out? That's your homework assignment, pal. I know you're going to hear the show, so you got to help me out and look that up, okay? You're going to educate us, and we, we report back, and we'll put it on the show. Um, I, um, I want to kick it over to you, Wardy. Is there anything – like? Are there any books apart from the Gulag Archipelago that you would recommend to listeners to check out, to listen or to, to listen to whether you read them uh, anything that really has impacted you apart from the Gulag Archipelago? Um, read James Burnham's the Machiavellians. Um, so he's, 
he goes over james burnham was a communist he was a trotskyist and then he i think he actually met trotsky at one point and then he then he abandoned it and he became a national review guy and uh i believe he's orwell's model for o'brien in 1984 really yeah but he oh yeah so he later became a big anti-communist and the machiavellians is machiavellian subtitled defenders of freedom um he talks about the way power works, basically, and it's really eye-opening. And he begins it with this, um, in the preface, he talks about this distinction between um, um, the, what do you call it, the on-its-face meaning of political speech and then the real meaning. So he, he excerpts FDR's uh, the, the 1932 Democratic platform, and it's like, we need to lower taxes, we need to have sound money, we need to, uh, this, this Hoover guy has been wasting money on all this bullshit government programs we need to get back to real american and then he gets elected and what happened we all know what happened and the and berm says well what are we to make of this um and he points out there's a distinction between the yeah yeah honest face meaning and the true meaning honest face meaning is you know sound money low taxes the real meaning is give me power <laughs> and it's useful to keep that in mind i find that's really useful to keep in mind even if you take no other lessons from the book, just that realization is life-changing. So Kamala Harris says, defund the police. No, she doesn't. She's saying, give me fucking power. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, did you have a hard copy of that? or? Uh, no, I, I found it. Actually, I bought it on a Kindle version. It was like 15 bucks. I think now there are uh, hard, not hardcover. Um, for a long time, they were like 300 bucks because it was out of print. But now it's right. again, so you can get it. It's like 15 bucks. It's everyone should have it excellent i appreciate the uh recommendation uh we will definitely uh take a look at that and also um you know make sure that uh the rest of the people uh you know of our listeners you guys heard it you guys heard it here i know that i've heard pete talk about that book pete quinones i know that he's yeah talked about that book extensively so malice has talked about it mold bug has talked about it oh are you do you um do you what's your what's your opinion of mentious mold bug um he's fun to read he's super he's like He's obviously incredibly intelligent and really erudite. Um, I'm not on board with that we should become an absolutist monarchy, but he, I'm slightly disturbed by how good of a case he <laughs> makes for it. Um, I don't know. I, like, have I fallen all the way down that libertarian to all right pipeline that I've heard of? I, if I'm reading him, I, I guess so. Probably not. Probably not. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I would doubt that. I, He's definitely. I, uh, no, I, I heard was is it true that he said like um I don't know if Malice talked about it in his book. Was he did he kind of toy with the alt right a little bit or did he say shit about race? I, I forget what, what what it was. I I don't know. Something about IQ scores or some shit like that. He wrote he wrote something um I'm trying to remember now. In one of his essays he wrote about three like Really like beliefs you're supposed to have as a scientist that don't really make a whole lot of sense if you if you examine them closely. One of them was this idea that all groups of people are equal or like you know biologically equal. Okay. Um, so that alone is enough to make you practically Hitler. Oh, I see. okay. <laughs> well, we will definitely um. We'll definitely try to link to some of the stuff that he's written. He he's an ex, he's a really good wordsmith. Like he's uh, his articles are really uh, are really deep. 
it takes a it takes a while to consume them because he he is a prolific writer. He's an ex, he's has command of the language really well. So um, for those of you that are listening, you want to check that out. Go ahead. Pete's had him on a show a couple of times. I've heard him, um, and I think that he's a really smart guy. Um, I'm not sure about the other stuff, but I definitely could say that he's definitely an intelligent individual. And you know, if you can, if you, you know, even if you don't agree with uh, anything that he has, some of the things that he has to say rather, which you can get, you know something out of it at least to educate yourself i think it's always a good thing but um do you have anything else that you want to talk about before we wrap up the show um not really um well how about this is what is the this lockdown bullshit done to your mental state because i have i've realized in the past recently like i have no tolerance for normals anymore i don't want to be around them there is a I, one of my new one of my co-workers just recently came on he fucking wears two masks and it's like how how do i how do i how do you deal with that how do i talk to such a person mm-hmm. i don't understand it i don't i don't want to live in a country with these people anymore you want to hear something <laughs> funny Morty? you want to hear this is great yeah. um I have a coworker whose name is Chad. I call him Chad Wardo. He's from California, so he's a little bit of a commie. He uh, came into work last week with two masks on. You want to know where he is right now? At fucking home because he's quarantining because he got the Rona with two fucking masks on his face. Three masks. Jesus Christ. Beautiful. <laughs> right. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Or the pe- or like we talked about last show, didn't we, Angel, about the people at the coffee shop that were wearing um uh black lives matter hoodies and wearing two fucking masks masks. (laughs) whatever the telescreen told them to do by god that's what they were gonna fucking do how do we maintain our uh sanity um i don't know i know a lot of people self-medicate uh by imbibing certain substances that at least alters their state they can tolerate it um but you can't do that at work you can, but it's dangerous. Well, because you I get mean, caught yeah, I guess job. I, I don't know. I need to be sharp, so I don't do that at work. I but. don't do that at work either because I have to operate. Let's like, like I, have, I have the sense that the that society at large is trying to make me a con, like a conspiracy lunatic, right? Like, like, I, <laughs> like I'll see something on CNN, and I'll go instantly go, ah, it's bullshit. Oh, you know? no, you're not too. alone. And then I'll hear it every day. You're like, you're not a aliens. Wait, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, let's hear them out. no check this out so this is what made me crazy so before texas got ass fucked by the by the snowstorm that came down there they had posted some i checked out the drudge report they said they were showing a chart about how the covid cases were coming down and the hospitalizations and deaths were like nose diving the uh, two days later after the snowstorm they were like well we can't actually say that anything is coming down because there, uh, Texas has been shut down and we don't, and that could uh, be impacting testing. So they literally flipped from, Hey, look, this shit's like, we think we're going to be done by April because of herd immunity, because the people who weren't tested, who've developed antibodies because they, you know, they, they were asymptomatic. All the exposure is getting to levels where it needs to be that it's not a problem. Not that I thought that it was a huge problem beforehand, maybe for a susceptible portion of the population. Like I have a, an octogenarian father who just got his COVID shot. He definitely is in the population where I'm worried about because he's fucking 89 years old. You know what I mean? But for the rest of us, I mean, you run the gambit with the goddamn flu every year, you know, and the flu kills lots of people every year, lots of people. With that being the case, they went from, 
oh no, shit's going in a nosedive. It's looking good. Like we might be getting back at it way before we thought. And then in, two days later, they're like, well, that's because there was a snowstorm in Texas and they can't test people and all. It was an unbelievable flip. It was a wonderful, it was a beautiful legacy media move. Just when you thought the game was over, they checkmate your dumb ass again. They do it again. You know, yeah. they, it was, that makes me fucking crazy because when I know that we refer to the matrix as, you know, Michael was Miles called it a documentary because it is right. When he refers to it that way because like, once you can see the programming, yes. you can never unsee it. That's yeah. the thing. That's like, you, you yeah. see a news report. I'm like, I can't watch the news in the morning. I can't. I get on my phone. I look at fucking YouTube videos of people flying in first class to countries I'm never going to visit because that's more entertaining to me. I'm like, oh, would they serve on the uh, Abu Dhabi Airlines uh, fucking first class trip to Jakarta? To me, that's way more fucking interesting than the bullshit that CNN or Fox is putting out. But yeah, I think that's what it is, man. You're not crazy. It's just that you see the moves. You know yeah. that the dice is loaded. You know what I mean? You know it's a fixed game. So you're not crazy. It's just you're annoyed because it's bullshit <laughs> yeah yes. and the people like I, i've even noticed too like my tolerance for their stupid fucking questions have gone like it's gone way down i'm like instantly i'm like don't fucking talk to me you know what i mean like co-workers people like i'm just like no i don't bullshit level is like you know not very high anymore just don't go away yeah so christopher and i were uh workmates for a number of years and I know the bullshit that he has to put up with. Only now he has more responsibility because he he's in a position where he has to like, you know, he's in charge. So his bullshit meter, if it wasn't full before, I'm sure uh, his cup dude, runneth over at this point in time. Like I had to clock in at like 6 a.m. And typically by 6.02, it's already overfilled. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck this. Fuck this. But now, yeah, it's just uh, like it. Like, I guess the thing that gets me is just, I mean, you know, to add what you were saying, like, once you see the Matrix for what it is, like, you nope. can't unsee it. And, like, that's the kind of shit that annoys me. It's like, you don't see this. Like, you literally don't see them flip-flopping their fucking positions on right. TV, like, literally right in front of you, and you don't catch that, and then you show up at work with two fucking masks on. Like, you're a goddamn moron, and I fucking hate you and your fucking family. <laughs> well, the question that raises here, gentlemen and lady. What do we hate more? The face shield, which you know I hate, or the double masking, the double bagging, or the face shield? I don't know. I mean, like, if I had to, if I'm picking based upon, like, I actually have to wear it, I'm doing the double mask. Okay. I'd rather wear it. I think, I, I think they're mask. both fucking stupid <laughs> like <laughs> that if you think that fucking face shield like not only do you no, look like a fucking do moron yeah, you do. but it most certainly isn't protecting you from anything mm. and, and the double mask like that's just it's fucking ludicrous like it absolutely is. ludicrous and then it like and then like you hear like and it's like it's like you hear shit and like i hear it and i'm like They've got to be like, it's got to be. This has got to be satire. It's a joke, right? Like when you hear about like China talking about like, oh, we're going to do anal swabs because it's far more accurate. Like, get the fuck out of here. Now you want to put shit in my asshole? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, when does it end? Like, that's, I didn't hear about that. That's, the that, that's what that's what kills me. It's like, when does it end? And it's just like, like, 
Like I said, I hear it, and like my initial reaction is, it's got to be, it's got to be satire. It's yeah. got to be satire or a hoax. And then when you find out that like shit like that, like they're really doing shit like that, like fuck you, man, fuck you. They have every good <laughs> status lining up with their pants down, doing the stuff. Right? Walk. Oh my god! Like, hey, do you need me to spread my cheeks for you? I mean, how deep is this going to go? I'm okay with I, whatever. I bet you are. I bet you are. I mean, I didn't go on Twitter for like a month, so I have no idea what's going on for news or anything. So I don't know. I saw a cartoon months ago. There, there was, there was a bunch of drawings of people with their their hands down the back of their pants, and one of them says, "Like, Doctor Fauci says, if I keep my finger in my asshole, I'll, I'll stay safe." And this is what whoever drew that was a goddamn genius. This fucking prophecy is what it was. That's hilarious, <laughs> right? That's really funny. no, really. It's it, it, it's a cult because my favorite is they're afraid of the Rona, so they got two masks and the face shield. Which I want to cut people's throats with the face shield when I see it. Like, there's a guy that delivers from Amazon at my place that shows up and he has the face shield, and you know, it's open underneath the chin. Mm-hmm. So, all I have to do is like breathe down at his chest if I had the Rona and he get it. Like, the face shield has done nothing. But like it's steaming up and stuff like that. Okay, I, I absolutely hate that fucking thing. But I saw the other day, a lady pulls down the two masks. It's a, there's a picture of it on the internet. Pulled down both of her masks on the chin. You get the chin diaper going on. Lifts up the thing and has a cigarette <laughs> lit inside, and she's puffing away on a cigarette. Like I'm looking like. What, what what is happening here? <laughs> like, are we we have gone really off the fucking rest? Like, no, you know, I'm really afraid of that Rona. You know, that's why yeah. I have a double bag and I got the face shield here. Why am I camel? You know what I'm saying? You just you can never be too careful. You know, as she's sucking down the cigarette. Oh my god. Well, I was at the store the other day and I had the mask on and I had like my winter hat on and my winter jacket on and I'm like, you know, starting to get really hot and I'm like my face is sweating. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Like I can't fucking breathe. I'm like, so I take my mask down and I was like, I don't want any shit from anybody. Like I just, you know, cause you never know people are going to come up to you. you Yeah. The mask police. And I was like, I can't wear this mask right now. Like my face is fucking hot. Like, I don't know what people are going to do in the summertime. Again, go to minimally compliant masks.com. It is life better. Okay. Just fake masks that look real. It's, all right. Camouflage. It's great. Outstanding. Outstanding. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll definitely put that in the show notes. Do you have anything else that you want to let? Why don't you tell people where they could find you, uh, Wardy? You want to f- uh, follow me on Twitter or whatever. Um, Wardy huge man at Twitter. Um, <laughs> that's about it. I have nothing to plug. Um, lift weights, do jujitsu. Oh, you're a jujitsu guy too, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No well, kidding. I was back when the world existed. Back when the world existed, what belt were you? Back before war communism. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm a blue belt. I'm... No shit. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I'm, I'm a white belt. I, I haven't made my way up there yet. But uh, awesome. Awesome. yeah, that uh, I, I recommend it to everybody, including all the women. Even the introductory white belt uh, fundamental classes will teach you practical self-defense that no other martial art can, especially when you're running guard from, from your back. It is it is critical to know how to defend yourself when you are on your back and your opponent is uh, is in a dominant position. In fact, there was a guy my first day there. There was a coach for a local high school. I'm not kidding. Angel who's shorter than you mm-hmm. and one hundred and thirty five fucking pounds. And my hulking mass was on top of this guy. And he completely swept me 
like he, he did a guard sweep. It was a scissor sweep. He got me on my ass before I knew what was happening. No matter how big you are, it doesn't matter. Like jujitsu is a great equalizer. So that's very cool that Wardy's a jujitsu guy. I think that's fantastic. So thank you very much for joining us. Please give him a follow. He's an awesome shit poster. He's a great, he's a great addition to your Twitter day. Uh, check Wardy out. We appreciate you coming on to the show, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks Anytime. for coming on. Yeah, thanks All right. for coming on, man. All right, guys. Don't forget, Paul B is gonna let us know what the story is with the Chinese Communist Party standing <laughs> up. Uh, you can get us at info at useguyspod.com, useguysandthatgmail.com, uh, at useguyspod across all, all Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, am I, what am I missing? Am I missing anything? We're on iTunes. We're on uh, Google Podcasts. We're on all that shit, Spotify. Say, we're on, we're on, we're on fucking it. everything. Just look up Use Guys Pod. Right. You'll <laughs> find us. So thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.